Welcome, James. How's it going tonight, man? Doing pretty well. How you doing, Matthew? Very, very good. Like I spoke of before, uh, before you got on. A little warm this way today, but we're dealing with it. Getting through it, getting through it, right? And yes, things sir. are things are warm in more ways than just one, right? <laughs> oh yeah, we got plenty of XFL news and USFL news really to talk about. This is the XFL Insider Podcast, so we'll stick to mostly XFL though. Um, James, where are you com- Where are you coming in from tonight? Where Where are you at? Like what state? I'm currently up in northern Michigan. Uh, I gotcha. live in Michigan. I live downstate, but right now I'm up north on a trip with my family. So, understood, understood. Well, it's nice to see you, man, in person. Been following your work for a long time now, so appreciate, appreciate you coming it. on, spending your time with us, uh, picking your brain, and finding out more about just you and what you think about the XFL going on so far. Absolutely, you know. Thanks for having me on. This is going to be fun. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So before I get started, uh, quickly, I just want to share. I'm wearing my Saints shirt today. Uh, training camp has started in the NFL, and we have a Houston Roughneck, Jack Henflin, who will be competing for a spot down there in New Orleans. Look forward to seeing him um, when I get to a tra- attend a training camp next week. Uh, do you, have you, are you familiar with Jack at all? Yeah, no, I, I watched him, obviously, in the XFL this year. Uh, I thought he had a solid year playing for the Roughnecks. You know, the the Houston Roughnecks had an underrated defensive line. You know, throughout the year, they were really wrecking havoc. Week in and sure. week out, even even down the stretch when the offense kind of was starting to dip, the defense was still pretty consistent. And yes, obviously, Heflin was was an important piece of that to that line. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I got my boy Harris on the wall over here. That's that's really who, that's my guy. So you know about him, I'm sure. Oh yeah, stud. Uh, but as we go forward, just want to say congrats, Jack. And there's a lot of athletes that have made it to that point. And I think I've got a tweet here from Greg Parks. He just put out. I'm going to share it on screen. Uh, da, da, da. Where are you at, Greg? There you are. So he's counting 114 officially, and then but he's saying there's 124 players that have got tryouts from the XFL so far. Does that sound accurate to you? Yeah, no, I mean, Greg, Greg is always on top of his stuff. I mean, he's one of the premier guys to follow in this field. Uh, he does excellent work over there at XFL board. So a hundred percent. No, I, I would definitely trust his count. Yes, sir. No, no doubt. And he's a great guy. He keeps up a lot as well. Um, just wanted to share that. We will get in depth about that on the show soon, but right now that it, I mean, daily, this changes, uh, you can look and find new information every single day. So just wanted to shout out Jack, Jack, good luck, man. Earn your spot so I can watch you next season or this season now. Uh, anybody else that you want to note that, you know, has made it to this point just with a different team? Yeah, well, I mean, you're wearing a Houston Roughnecks hat. I'm, a, I'm assuming you're a Roughnecks fan. Oh, yes, sir, um, for sure. Yeah, so your your guy, Andrew Whitaker, uh, he just signed with the Seahawks today, cornerback for the Roughnecks, and uh, Aaron Wilson just broke that news earlier today. He had a workout with Seattle and ended up signing, so it's, uh, it's great to see. Yes, sir. No doubt. It, like I said, there'll be a lot of changes coming through, I feel like, in the next couple of months. We're going to see people going and coming. Either way, congrats to these athletes. It's what the XFL is about, as well as spring football. So good job, guys. Appreciate your work. All right, let's move on to some XFL news. We're just going to get straight into it. I mean, I, I'm sure you heard the rumors about the statement uh, regarding renovations at TDECU Stadium. 
Uh, it came out a couple days ago that they may be looking for a new venue for games with the Roughnecks. I mean, what do you think about this personally? You know, I think it would it would be interesting because uh, for one thing to take into account is that TDECU, uh, that was a carryover deal from 2020. Um, it was something that was kind of part of the package when the XFL was renewing some of these leases and whatnot. So I think it'll be interesting to to monitor this situation simply because it seems like just from things that I've heard and from some of the people that I've talked to, it seems like they are thinking about moving on maybe at least for a year or so. And and as we know now, there are renovations going on. So they're going to have to try to figure something out because obviously if the timeline is going to be cutting it close, you never know what happens with construction. There could be delays. Who knows? I mean, that could really put them in a bind. So it's a good thing that they're getting ahead of this now uh, because the last thing that you'd want is come, you know, come January, all of a sudden there's like, oh, there's a two month delay in renovations. And then what are you going to do? Yep. So uh, I, I think uh, there's definitely a couple options for them to look into. And from what I've heard, they're looking at Rice. Um, I think the last time, and I, I could be wrong, but I, I believe the last time Rice was used for professional football was the Spring League in 2021. So it'll be interesting to see if, if there's professional football back at Rice uh, come 2024. Yes, sir. No doubt. And it's as I said a couple of days ago on the live my only concern with that is Rice has a lot of seats compared to there in mm-hmm. Houston. So we'll see what happens. But uh, as we know, that's tricky camera angles can play, play a part with this league in our TV appearances. So we'll see. I mean, I want to ask you, what have you heard of Shell Energy Stadium there in Houston? Are you familiar with that at all? I, I've heard of it. I haven't really looked into it much at all. Um, but that's actually on my to-do list is to look at some of these potential stadiums for Houston. You know, actually another, another little, um, stadium story I was keeping an eye on was Orlando actually, uh, because it looks like there's a bunch of renovations going on at camping world. Yes, sir. So I was doing some research on that and it, at the, for a while there, I was starting to think that, you know, this, this, this might be in jeopardy for them too. But as I'm sure you heard, the NFL just announced that the Pro Bowl will and all those Pro Bowl games yep. or whatever that is now. I don't, who even knows what the NFL is doing with that? But anyways, <laughs> it's going to be held there uh, February 4th at Camping World. So with that being said, I'd assume that it'll be set and ready to go for the 2024 season, which uh, is great news. Yes, sir. I agree with that statement as well. And the evidence is pretty clear there. I don't think the NFL would plan anything without having the the proper clearance and background information for sure. You would, you would think, right? <laughs> yep. 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 But yeah, man, I mean, I, I, some of the stadiums that they've talked about are smaller in venue rice isn't, isn't there, but I mean, to me that closer soccer stadium feel such as in DC seems like ideal for the XFL, but is that in the budget? This is a real question. Um, D.C. itself, I didn't get to go, but I heard some amazing things about the game atmosphere there. Did you attend a game there by chance? I did not. Uh, I uh, Honestly, I w- unfortunately wasn't able to get out to an XFL game this year. I'm in Michigan, so I don't really have any markets close to me. I Kinda wanted sure. to get to St. Louis. It just didn't pan out. Had a lot going on. But uh, a colleague of mine, Christian Palatino, I don't know if you're familiar with his work, but he's our D.C. guy at XFL Newsroom. And he, w- he was there on the scene for pretty much every game in D.C. and a lot of good content, and yeah, he that that atmosphere where you couldn't ask for a better spot for spring football because I mean they were selling that place out pretty often. That playoff game, 
that was that was electric. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, we had Christian on a couple days ago, and it was a great oh, interview. Right. <laughs> great guest. Uh, look forward to more of his work come next year. But yeah, that, that's what I've told a lot of people is media. If you haven't got to attend, definitely try to. It 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 shaped a lot of my views and what I see now of the XFL differently from going to most of the games. Um, I was in attendance for the Houston games. I went to every game for Houston, as well as the playoff game or the championship uh, divisional game, and then the actual championship game in San Antonio. So it was a good right. time. And as as a media, it was my first my first shindig, and I enjoyed it greatly. Man, got to meet some great people. That's it's awesome. Just, no. I mean, it- that's the thing that's so neat about these leagues is you know the the access that you can get and just the uh just the overall atmosphere of everybody there because you're trying to get better so yes, it's, sir. Just, it's just great stuff all around yes sir yes sir now we're going to find out more about you as we get on i, I really want to learn more about you as a journalist and a reporter uh, i see you're very very busy and active on the socials so we'll get we'll get to more of that soon but let's go ahead and talk now about the XFL Combine that started today. Not really sure what events they had today, uh, but we did start today, and that goes through Thursday. We have the live stream that will be available tomorrow, and I'm going to pull that up. But as I'm pulling that up, man, what do you think about the Combine so far and the live stream approach? Well, the, the live stream approach, you know, the second I saw that that was announced – I was all in because this is something that personally I feel like these spring leagues have been missing to an extent is some of this offseason content, some of the things. And, you know, obviously these leagues, these leagues and the XFL fan first, right? I mean, they do so much, so many great things for the fans. But in the offseason, you know, there's plenty of times where, you know, right now we're in the middle of July, not a whole lot going on other than, of course, NFL training camp ramping up. So it's just an excellent opportunity for these leagues to continue to grow their fan bases and show the fans that, hey, we want to keep you included. We want to keep you up to date and give you, you know, excellent content to just keep things rolling. And I'm excited because DC Defenders, uh, defensive back, KJ Sales, and then, of course, XFL ESPN announcer Sam Aiko, uh, they're both going to be the guys running the show here the next couple of days on these live streams. So it's going to be really neat to have an XFL player and an XFL announcer kind of running these live streams, giving everybody the breakdowns and all that good stuff. Agreed, 100%. They, they should be very involved and heavily knowledgeable in what's going on. So really look forward to what they're bringing to the table with that stream. So agreed. Uh, so the first day, which is tomorrow of the stream, we'll have the offensive series. So it'll be the offensive guys. The following day, we'll have defensive. Um, it's all streamed on YouTube. Let's see, to, to, to 8.30 a.m. Central. I think it's going to last two hours. Is that is that right? Uh, it's going to last from 9 to 12 p.m. Central. Okay. So three hours both days. So if you're in Eastern time, that would be 10, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Uh, both days, same schedule. Sweet, sweet. Sounds good. I mean, I'm going to wake up early just for this. Look forward to it. Oh, I know. Me too. I'm just hoping that my work meetings don't coincide too much. <laughs> <laughs> Might be the case where you have to pop it in your ear and just stick it in the pocket and listen. Huh? Right, right. <laughs> now, uh, in the combine itself, they're going to have some technology they're going to be utilizing. I tried to research this on my own, but I actually saw a post from XFL, and I'm going to pop that up one second about more more about the technology. Pretty interesting. I'm glad they're trying to do something different.
All right. So they're going to be using some different velocity training and applications to really get into this combine. I mean, right here we have the, the bar speed metrics. As you see, they use an app and there's a component on the bar here. That's what measures the velocity up and down, up and down. I wish my gym had that. Yeah, <laughs> me too. And then researching this, I found that this has been going on for a few years amongst, amongst the like big lifting community, uh, but it hasn't been really been utilized within a professional sense right here. So this is what's cool about the XFL. They're actually trying to do something different, unique. As you see, this is a grip You're strength. You're absolutely right. I think that's like one of the, the best things about the XFL and, and spring football in general is just the fact that you're you're trying to do something a little bit different. So it allows for these leagues like the XFL to partner with a lot of these up and coming companies who I mean, we're just watching technology continue to to advance at a rapid pace. So it allows these athletes, you know, the staff, the coaches, everybody involved to just have like an even more in-depth analysis of themselves, the team and everything going on. So I, I just think it's awesome. Yeah, no doubt. Me too. And I, like, I've been looking for this post here for, for days and they finally released it today. So I was happy about it. See, as we see here, I mean, they're sprints, but they're wearing the, the components on their chest now. Yeah, no, this is, this is interesting technology. Hopefully, hopefully we get a little bit more insight into some of the analytics, but I think we will. Obviously, that's probably more for the uh, the coaches and the, the yeah. scouts and all that to look at. So, no doubt, no doubt. And as you see, I mean, I think this is gonna ex make things quicker for the evaluations, and as well give us some numbers so that they don't have to individually look at every player. Most of this will be installed in an application. The players have a profile, and then it just lines up from there. I mean, it, it's pretty it's pretty easy compared to doing it old school. No, you're, you're absolutely right. Yeah, I just wanted to share that portion. But yeah, going forward, man, uh, athletes. Let's talk about that next. We have a few notable athletes. Is there anybody here you want to mention before I get on the XFL's article regarding their nine athletes? Well, there's, I'd say if, if I had to choose one from both sides to look at, um, offense, quarterback Sam Castronova. Uh, he's a guy, he's an arena football player, and I feel like he's one of those guys, Just he's been overlooked. He's been really, really solid uh, in these arena leagues, and he's a guy that has a lot of upside. So I'm excited that he's attending the combine. I think he's an excellent prospect. So it'll be, you know, he's just one of those guys that needs an opportunity, just needs a chance, just needs a coach to give him one shot. So I'm excited for him, and I hope that things pan out for him. And then defensively, uh, safety Anthony Siofi is a guy that I'm surprised people are not too familiar with him, but he played in the USFL in 2022. He was a safety for the Tampa Bay Bandits. He was excellent. I mean, he was one of the, the team's leading tacklers. Uh, he was just really just making plays week in and week out. He's a guy that I really followed closely a season ago. And interestingly enough, he got let go ahead of this upcoming ahead of the 2023 season, which I thought was a strange move considering how uh, consistent he was. So I think he's the guy to really keep an eye on, someone who's already proven himself at the professional level. So he can instantly come into any room in any of those teams and make them better. No doubt, no doubt. 
Now, uh, in terms of like, are these are there any of these guys that you're talking to that you have a connection with that? I mean, you're just waiting to hear back. Yeah, no, I, I definitely know some of these guys. There's a good good handful of them that I've been in touch with, you know, from the USFL, from these arena leagues. So I'm excited for all of them. Hopefully they'll get look at the, the right opportunities. And something else to touch on really quick is that there's also another combine August 5th, I believe. It's the uh, the IFL, XFL combine. So yes, a bunch of indoor football league players going to get a shot as well. So it's exciting times, man. I just, again, the the – intersection of dreams and opportunity is what the XFL represents. And I just think it's, it's awesome to see them really coming through on that promise. Agreed. A hundred percent as well. I know, like I said, this is the XFL podcast, but the USFL does the same thing. So, I mean, and I see these guys that are getting signed right now are picked up. I mean, they're constantly dishing out graphics immediately upon the, these pickups. So, I mean, I notice and I see, and I don't hate on either Lee. Uh, like, I want both to to be successful. I just like the XFL more personally, but I think it's great on both ends. So I, it's really awesome. Player fifty four all the way around, no doubt. Absolutely. Uh, so I just wanted to talk about the nine players that they've listed here: uh, John Ursula, Jake Brommer, Henry Ogla, Christian Majay, Cameron Harrell. Sean Williams, Hunter Kelly, Vidarius Cohen, John Humphrey. All great athletes. Research them on your own, guys at home. I'm not going to read everybody's synopsis and backgrounds, uh, but they are worth watching. Now, not on this list is, is a lot more athletes, and we've had a few on the show as well. So I, I, really, from this combine, what I'm looking for is I want to see the athletes that they are projecting to actually play or get picked up. Um, We've heard a lot, we've seen a lot, but we don't really know names, numbers, what we're working with. So hopefully we'll really get that information at this point. That That's really what it all comes down to. <clears throat> I hope I hope so too. Uh, I think it'll be intriguing to see how many of these guys actually get opportunities. Just because last year, things were a lot different at the showcases because none of these teams existed. And by that, I mean, there was nobody on the rosters yet. Whereas this year, most of these rosters are pretty close to full. And we've had some guys go to the, to the NFL, of course. You know, I think we're at 33 signings now. And, of course, a lot of workouts. But most of these rosters remain pretty full. So it'll just be interesting to see how many of these guys actually get legitimate opportunities with these teams. Yep, agreed. Yeah, that's, that's what really what we're looking for. And either way, if they have to come back, that's fine, too. We'll see you next year, and we'll try again. Uh, but like you said, either way, give these guys a shot, give them the opportunity, give them some film, just give them some, you know, something to work with. So it's awesome. So let's move forward. Let's talk about you a little bit, James. And James do we Larson. Do that? <laughs> yeah, I think we do, man. So you cover the USFL and XFL for USFL and XFL newsroom. I see you're a very busy man, very busy. You do a lot. You're posting a lot, a lot of accurate information and a lot of opinionated information that is fair and useful. So just want to note that. Um, tell me more about yourself, man. What, where'd you come from? What, how'd you get interested in this game? So, man, we'd have to go back quite a few years. Uh, I've always, obviously always had a passion for football, but I stumbled upon this thing called the Alliance of American Football. Oh, that was my love. 
And, you know, I just happened to, to really fall in love with the spring football, just the atmosphere. I mean, I thought it was awesome. I, mean, I just was like, cool, more football to watch, some cool storylines to follow. You know, we just got to see, honestly, it was just funny watching some of the things unfold, like that first game, which is like 40 to 6 or something. It was just a blowout. <laughs> it was like, man, what what is this league? Major but, hits you know, you, also. What was that? I remember seeing some just major hits from that game. Oh, I yeah. Mean, that quarterbacks and then, getting uh, waylaid. And then the next game, which was uh, San Antonio and San Diego, that was that quarterback, the fleet quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, gosh, what was his name? Started with a B. Dang it. Anyways, he got lit up. That was good times, man. Those were good times. But that, you know, that that honestly sparked what we see now in the spring football scene of the USFL and the XFL. So fast forward to, to 2020. And of course, at this point, I'm all in on the XFL. Uh, having been heartbroken once, I was like, all right, the XFL, Vince McMahon, we're big time. We're here. We're ready to go. Uh, at the time, I wasn't necessarily doing a ton of like professional coverage of the league per se, but I did start writing for a network called the Brawl Network, and they they brought me in to do some XFL coverage. So I was working for them at the time, uh, and just enjoying football. I mean, I would I, at the time, you know, the, the what am I trying to say? It it was such a unique brand, the XFL 2.0. I feel like we haven't seen anything quite like it since. Um, it was just special, man. You know, those yep. teams, the branding, everything. It felt it felt like it was the one that was going to make it. And then all of a sudden, COVID. I'm yep, sure you yep. might have heard of it once or twice. <laughs> um, <laughs> and next thing you know, I mean, everything's gone. I was like, oh, man. Well, I guess that's it for my spring football uh, fandom. And little, little did we know, just a month or two later, you know, you hear the rumors about it being sold. And then at that point, I, I that's when I joined Newsroom. I was just finding a place to, to write, really, because the Brawl Network actually shut down during COVID. So I was just trying to find a place to, to start really getting more coverage done for the XFL and his players. So landed at Newsroom, and it's just been an awesome ride ever since. I mean, it was a long wait, man. Let me tell you, like, yeah, I'm sure you went through the same thing of waiting three years for this league to come back. So yeah. just just watching that opening kickoff, that opening statement from Dwayne Johnson, you know, in Arlington with Vegas and the Renegades. And that game was quite exciting to watch. So it was just surreal, man. I, I just, in May, getting to see the championship. I, did, I wasn't there, unfortunately, but I obviously watched it and covered it online. And, man, it was just just grateful that we have an opportunity to cover more football, cover these athletes. Yes, sir. Agreed 100%. Now, you said the AAF. What, what team did you like? What, what was your team? Who did you represent? Oh man, uh, that's a good question. I I was leaning towards the Salt Lake Stallions. Um, I don't know why. I really don't because <laughs> I hardly knew anybody on the team at the time. Um, I didn't live anywhere near Salt Lake. I low key just kind of liked the colors, and I was like, oh, okay, you know what? I'm a Salt Lake <laughs> Stallions fan." But I was watching all the teams and all the games uh, for the most part. So yeah, and then you know. Week seven, week eight, I was like, why did I pick the Stallions, man? I mean, they, I don't know. They were just scoring like six points a game or something like that. And Josh Woodrum, <laughs> spring football legend. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel you and can attest. I'm very similar. I was an Express fan. So they're at uh, Liberty Bowl Stadium. I attended every game they had. It was a great time, oh, wow. great atmosphere. But a lot of butt whippings, no doubt. So. Oh, yeah. 
And then, then it looked like Johnny Manziel was going to save the day. And then uh, <laughs> that was. Yeah, the, the last game of the AAF with Memphis Express, I was in attendance and I was sitting in the box. We had some pretty good seats. And um, it was my birthday, actually. And uh, saw him get knocked out there and just shook in my head, you know. Not much you can say, but sorry, man. Uh, but it, it was a good time, and I, I can attest, and that's what caught my interest was the AAF. Um, and like you said with the XFL 2.0, it was it was something different. It was very community-driven as well. I mean, everybody was involved, whether it be restaurants, bars, I mean, players, coaches. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on, whatever community you want to support. Um, I was a Battlehawks fan then. and So was I. Yep, yep. So it was a good time, but you know, I like Houston better, and so I'm repping the rig now. So it is what it there is. There you go. Yep, yep. Yeah, I, I, the last couple of years, you know, with the USFL coming back and then the XFL, I just, I've been following so many of these players, and I've been following so many of these, you know, these leagues that it's like, I found it hard just to pick one team because there's so, I know so many of these players. Like, I'm rooting for so many of these guys. And my position where, like, I'm kind of covering all the teams in these leagues, I just didn't want to be biased, you know? So I just figured it'd be best to stay neutral for now because I I can still watch a game and, like, enjoy the hell out of it just because I love watching it. So, yeah, no (laughs) doubt. I think what what got me is just because the Roughnecks were the closest uh, to me now. And then, I mean... It, coming into it, I didn't really plan on doing this media thing. I was a fan at first, and then slowly shifted towards the media aspect. Where you, know, you don't you don't wear gear to a game as media; you're there to represent the media. And so it was a way different approach. So, oh I yeah, feel you. No, uh, you're exactly right, and that's why with the USFL because I attend a good amount of those games. I do some photography on the side, so it's like, well, I can't wear a Panther shirt on the sideline. So it's just like, well, yep. I'm just going to stay neutral. <laughs> yep. Yep. I understand hundred percent. So going from that, I mean, what, how do how do you stay up to date on all the information with the XFL and USFL? What, what, how do you do it? I'm going to pull it, up your Twitter real quick. Um, you're a busy man, brother. <laughs> It's, it's quite difficult. I have a really great support system around me just between, you know, all the people that I follow and stay up to date with um, the my newsroom colleagues. I owe a lot to them for just helping me stay up to date. A lot of it is just the fact that, you know, I, I just want to stay on top of these things. It's kind of my job, you know, so uh, it's it's just something that I, I really love doing. And for me personally, you know, I. I just have such a passion for these athletes and there's so many of these guys that no one's really talking about. So for me, it's just a privilege to have an opportunity to just try to share their stories and get the word out there about what they're doing. Understood. Now, what are you asking this off the top? I mean, what do you, do you enjoy one better than the other XFL or USFL? No, you know, there's a lot of people that will like to try to be like, Oh, this person's biased towards one league or this person's biased towards another. You know, I love equally love both leagues. I, I right. hope that both can stick around. I think it's easier for me to devote a bit more time to the USFL simply because, you know, I, I live downstate Michigan, so I've got access to not only the Detroit hub, but I'm only a couple hours away from Canton. Gotcha. So this season I was in back and forth between Michigan and Canton almost every week. So I was at these games on the sidelines, and you can do a lot of coverage from your house. But there's something different about being on the field. I'm sure you yes, know sir. this. Like it's yes, just sir. it's just 100 percent different. So you make more connections. You just 
there's more more things to do and more things to cover when you're there in person. So I, I do my best to keep up with both. But it is a, for me, where I'm at right now, it's a little bit easier to just put a little bit more time into the USFL coverage just because it's, again, it's, it's what I spent more time doing this spring, I guess. Yes, sir. I mean, like I if said, I sense. saw you. I, I saw you cover the XFL fairly and accurately. I mean, it's not like you're picking a boss. And oh, that's yeah. the same thing. And, I mean, I I was watching every single. Game. I watched every single <coughs> XFL game this year too, no doubt. It's just yep. like I say. I'd say you, my coverage shifted to the USFL suddenly because the XFL season ended. So yep. I'm yeah, tweeting yeah. a lot more about the USFL right now because there's a lot more going on in the USFL. <laughs> Their Makes season sense. just ended two weeks ago or whatever. So yes, sir. Makes yeah. sense. I just remember looking back in February, March, and I'm like, wow, XFL, USFL, XFL, USFL. You're a busy man. So, like I said, good stuff, man. Appreciate you. I, you keep appreciate the engagement it, rolling online. I'm trying. You know, I, I think it's important. And there's so many people that I could highlight in this community. You know, there's so many people that inspire me, so many people that support my work, and so many guys like yourself that are doing excellent work as well. Appreciate I think it. it's just awesome, the spring football community in general, just because everybody – for the most part anyways, is, uh, you know, they support each other. And it's, it's just awesome to see a group of people come together collectively to support these players and these coaches and these leagues. They need it. I mean, they, they truly do need the grassroots support. So I just think it's fantastic. Very well said. And I agree a hundred percent. Um, you'll see some people, they do it for the clout, the, the ego, ego, uh, drive, but most of us here are doing it for the love. And that's a, that's adamant. I mean, you can see you can see the difference. Just to be honest, in, in what we're doing. So, absolutely, I agree with you, man. So, I mean, coming in, what what are just some strategies you use when you write or report? Um, how, how do you do this accurately and fairly, especially covering both leagues and being able to upset fans in either one by one wrong post? I've done that. I mean, I don't know if you saw, but I even upset Dwayne Johnson with (laughs) one of my tweets a while ago. (laughs) So it happens. You know, I personally, when it comes to my reporting, I'm simply just trying to report the truth. That's why I try to, you know, that's why one of the reasons why I didn't root for a team is because I I hate bias in media. Uh, We could go down a whole rabbit hole, but like I look at just the general state of media today in general, you know, CNN, Fox, NBC, whatever. And I look at it, I'm just like, agenda 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 mm-hmm. agenda mm-hmm. so personally like i just never want to really fall succumb to that so whenever i'm reporting on something it's simply like well whether i want to report it or not i've got to report the facts like i don't want to yes, report sir. something bad about the xfl or bad about the usfl like i never would want to do that but if it's the truth if there's something bad going on then you're gonna have to report it so there's really no ifs buts about it so for me, you know, trying to stay non-biased between both leagues, it's like, I think my work speaks for itself. I, I try to give both leagues uh, equal time of day, I guess you could say. And again, I truly support both. I hope both leagues can survive. And I, I truly think spring football is one of the greatest things to happen to this sport in a long time. So, yeah. Agreed. <laughs> what can I yeah. say? Hey, like everything you're saying, I, it's well-spoken. And I, I agree 100%. There's nothing you're saying that's not true. Um, it, it's the positive and the, the accurate stuff that we need in, in the world right now. So Absolutely. appreciate you, man. Well, um, and that's what's so special about spring football for me personally, which is why I'm just so passionate about it, is the success stories. I mean, 
in a in a world where you see so many people in the media and even some people in the spring football media that like they'll purposely share certain stories just to cause controversy and kind of ruffle people's feathers. It's like for me, it's like I'd rather focus on let's focus on the players, man. Let's focus on what these guys are doing and accomplishing. You know, some of these guys, some of these players have like 300 followers on Twitter. Like nobody is talking about these guys. Let's let's share their stories. Let's get them the public spotlight that they deserve. I mean, these guys, I don't have to tell you this. You already know. I mean, these guys are working their butts off behind the scenes. People don't realize what really goes into being a professional athlete, especially at a level where you don't get much recognition. So I just think personally and and just generally with this community, it's just great to see so many people supporting these guys and and giving giving them an outlet to just be themselves. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And then, like, it's the opportunity for them to be able to move on to, you know, they're not stuck. They're actually able to pick their their bags up and roll on to the next adventure. And the support is there on either side, whether it be with the fans or the, the actual league itself. So that's another big aspect. So I, I agree with you, man, and you make some great points. Now, I know we, you've kind of already covered this, but I want to ask you again. I mean, what's your biggest goal when covering reporting? What? What what do you what do you try to provide to the people at home as well as to the people the the players and the coaches? Yeah, no, that's a good question, and it would definitely cover a little bit of it. But you know, my goal is just as I've said, there's not a lot of people that cover this. You know, they cover these leagues, they cover these players. So my goal is really just to be a platform for these guys to go to. I mean, there's a lot of them that have reached out to me, or if I've reached out to them and we've gotten to do a story on them, whether it's just sending out a tweet. Or, you know, sitting down and doing an interview and, you know, releasing an article and whatnot. For me, it's just about promote, giving these guys promotion. Just whatever I can do, whatever a newsroom can do, you know, my my brand that I'm working with. Uh, just to help these guys grow. Just to give them a shot. You never know. I mean, social media is so powerful. Like, even the smaller accounts like ours can really get a lot of traction just if the right, if the right people come across it. So you never know what can happen if, you know, you post something about a player, you promote them, and you, you never know what scouts or what coaches or who might actually be looking at this information. So it's just, you know, it's just a chance to promote these guys, to, to give them some love, and to show them that, you know, what they're doing value, is valuable and, and matters. Yep, yep. And as you see, I'm just throwing up some comments from the fans down here at the bottom. Uh just, just some, just some roundabout stuff. I try to keep up, but it's kind of hard for me to keep up with the comments as well as the conversation and the studio production stuff. So, just want to throw that up. Uh, I mean, I got a couple more questions for you. I'm not trying to keep you on here and bore you for long. Oh, um, you're, this has been great. I appreciate it, man. It's, it I going. try to make it constructive, <laughs> and I really try to make it unique for each guest. I'm really trying to just gauge everybody, pick their brain, and put your information out there for people to research and, and learn more about you there. Um, so this is a question I've asked everyone who's been on so far, but what, what's the most enjoyable experience so far? What's something that you won't forget or haven't forgotten that you've done or attended, wrote anything? With the, with the XFL? XFL or USFL. I mean, really at this point, it, it's, it's you, man. We're, we're here to talk about you. So I, you know, for this one, I'm going to have to go USFL just cause I've, I've been able to be at these games so often. Uh, I, I, I can never forget, you know, being at the USFL championship last year, you know, being on the field. Uh, I, I think I mentioned quickly, I, I do some photography. So that's sure. something that alongside the journalism that I do, I also do photography. So that's just been a great outlet for me. It's something that I'm passionate about. It's something that I love. Uh, this year in particular was just really uh, awesome and just humbling because I was able to 
provide players a lot of photos and, you know, seeing a lot of them post them and just use them, which is encouraging to see, you know, like using one of something that I love to help other players out. I just thought that was really neat. I will say, and this is not the flex, but um, a really humbling moment last year was I, I shot the USFL championship in 2022 and Victor Bolin, the USFL championship MVP from that year, he, he signed with the Arizona Cardinals and the Cardinals ended up using one of my photos to announce his signing. That's so awesome. that was like, just like, uh, I, I can't, I still can't even explain how I felt when I saw that. I was just at work scrolling on my phone during a break and I, I see the signing. I'm like, Oh, sweetie sign. And I'm like, that's my photo. <laughs> so like on the freaking Cardinals Twitter, man. Like that was, that was crazy. I'll never forget that. Do you, for your pictures, are you utilizing Instagram or where do you post most of your photos? Yeah. So, I mean, if you look at my, actually, you probably just saw some of them on my Twitter. Cause most yeah, of the I'll stories that I hold talk on. about, at least if they're USFL related, usually are my pictures. You know, if I post when a photo, sure. it's, it's pretty much all mine. Gotcha. Um, and then of course, Instagram is where I post most. Yeah. Like all these photos are, are all photos that I took this year. Oh, wow. Um, That's impressive, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, I would have never guessed that just just off the bat looking, you know. So that that's that's really impressive. Thank you. Yeah, I I try to I try to use my photos when I can because why not? <laughs> you know, just keep that <laughs> keep that synergy of the brand uh, and kind of promote my photos alongside the stories. But I yeah, my Instagram is James Larson official in case anyone wants to check it out. But that's where I that's where I post most of my photos. Uh, you know, from week to week and whatnot during the during the game days anyway. Understood. I'll definitely I'll get the details for that and stick it in the notes. Um, so so if somebody wants to click, it'll be just a click away. You can check it Appreciate out very it. easily. No problem. And I'll check it out also. <clears throat> you know, I bought a camera last year and, and took a lot of photos myself a lot, probably like 600 to 1000. But I found with the podcast and content and I had no time to work with that. I had no time to do anything with that material. Uh, so we're trying to catch up and upgrade my Instagram as well. But I was just curious, you know, how how did you keep up with that, man? How did you how did you work those photos, work those articles, the social media? It was honestly, I don't know. Looking back, I don't know how I how I pulled that off. It was a lot of it was a lot of work. I mean, I was taking thousands of photos a week and, you know, sorting them, editing them, sending them out to players. But, you know, I can't complain. I'm doing what I love. It's just yes, a privilege sir. that these leagues give us an opportunity to do stuff like this. So yes, I, I just couldn't be more thankful for that. Uh, and just, you know, just the responses that I'll get from players who, you know, appreciate the work and the photos. It's just, it's pretty humbling. And actually something that's neat too is like, you know, sometimes people might get upset if like other accounts use the photos and don't credit you or whatnot. But like for me, it's like, dude, they think it's a good photo. So like for me personally, it's like that, that in and of itself is an accomplishment. So Agreed. it's just, it's just neat to see. And the, the photo you just, you just had up on my Instagram of uh, Josh Butler, who just signed with uh, the, the Michigan Panthers that actually, I just saw pro football chase made that announcement and they used that photo to make the announcement. So right here, that was pretty, yeah, that, that photo right there, pro football chase on Instagram. I was literally just before I hopped on here, I was scrolling on Instagram and I saw they announced his signing. And I was like, oh, that's my photo. <laughs> that's awesome, dude. Yeah. No, it's, it's cool stuff, man. Again, it's like just so grateful for these leagues because without them, stuff like this wouldn't be possible. So, yep, yep, you're correct. So, going into that, let's share the least enjoyable. What's something that you haven't enjoyed? Something that has not been very fun? You know, this is going to be a cliche answer. 
But, well, for one, I mean, the last two years, I've just, I've had so many incredible experiences. I, I don't think I could, I don't even think I can think of a bad one with with either of these leagues. Uh, obviously, 2020, XFL was just shutting down, was just a terrible moment because we'd already gone through the heartbreak of the Alliance, which anyone with kind of, you know, half a brain at the time was like, you know, the Alliance, this is great. But we saw the stuff that was going on there. Like, it was it was bound to happen <laughs> with the finances and everything going on. But the XFL 2.0, they were on a roll. They yep. were building a solid brand. You know, I, there's no guarantee that it would have lasted, but it was it was doing well. So that was that was a that was a shame. Uh, man, I'm trying to think of like an experience that I haven't had any bad experiences at any of these games or really watching any of these games. So I will say I I had a not so fun hotel experience during the <laughs> USFL playoffs. Um, so. This was the game between the Panthers and the Maulers the week before the championship. And, of course, I live in Michigan, so I got a hotel that night in Canton, Ohio. Um, and I got out late, man. Like, by the time the press conference was done, by the time uh, I got out of the stadium and was finished talking to some of the players whatever, it was, like, past 1 o'clock. So I, I roll up to my hotel at, like, around 2 or so after I got some food. And it turns out that they gave my room that I reserved that I paid for to somebody else. So when I tell you, I felt so bad because so that they, they, they gave me the key to my room and I'm trying to open oh, the door no. and like it just wouldn't let me open it. So oh, no. <laughs> so then I go back down to the front desk and the the lady there, she's like, oh, that might mean that somebody's in the room. And I'm like, what? So. <laughs> We go, she goes up there, she brings security with her because she thinks that somebody's in the room that's not supposed to be there. Uh, and it's 2.30 at this point, knock on the door, wake up this poor Asian family just trying to sleep. I felt so bad. You know, the father just stumbles out like, what's going on? Why do you have security? And basically someone during the day moved that family to my room and just didn't communicate it to anybody. So uh, they ended up putting me in a different room and I, it all worked out, but it was like, by the time I got to bed, it was like, almost four o'clock so i'm coming good back. times good there times go. i i let me tell you i felt so bad for that family because they had been moved around they, they had been moved around three times that day so wow. they're finally in a room they're finally in bed and then i come knocking on the door at 2 30 i'm just like oh man <laughs> i was like oh i'm so sorry i mean it happens man you, you so, hear stories about that very often yeah so I, I had a similar occurrence in Houston, but it wasn't locked out. Um, uh, place seemed nice. Got in late night before a game, settled down, uh, hanging out at the desk, and and you see bro bugs crawling in the bed. You're like, hold up, let me check this out real quick. Uh, uh, yeah, I go to look, and, and it's bed bugs. Uh, luckily, I hadn't touched or done anything. I had just come in, sat at the desk, and was hanging out. Um, but yeah, so I understand that really right. pushed me to Airbnbs <laughs> yeah. for the next few games. No, you're right. <laughs> that championship weekend I stayed in Airbnb, it was way better. So, yep, yep. <laughs> so yeah, man, that's cool. That I mean, I'm glad that you haven't had any bad experiences truly with each league. Personally, I'll say the same. Um, I, the, the editing of the podcast is probably something that I didn't enjoy, but it has nothing to do with the actual football aspect, right. Right, uh, no, I mean, both leagues have just been, as we've said, you know, just, just grateful for the opportunities they, they present, present us with. And, yeah, I, <laughs> I don't know what else to say. <laughs> all good, all good, no worries. 
Well, let's talk about your future plans. I mean, what, what are you doing next year, this year? Was there anything in the works for you uh, regarding media or, or job change, whatever? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, obviously the goal is to continue to, to grow the brand, to continue to, you know, keep doing what I'm doing. I feel like I've been content wise on a roll the last year or so, just kind of really, I guess, uh, zoning in on the content that fits my brand personally. So that's just, that's just been exciting. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to just the announcements that we'll see from both leagues coming up this year. I mean, there's obviously going to be some changes in the USFL when it comes to hubs and the XFL. They, I mean, they shouldn't have any major changes, but, you know, heading towards season two, it's a pretty monumental year ahead for them. So just continuing to expand those connections and just keeping an eye on what they're doing. It, it, I say this time and time again, we're living in the golden age of spring football. So whether you're a fan of the XFL, the USFL, or both, I just think it's great to to appreciate what both are doing and just truly appreciate it while we have it because there's no guarantees in the world of spring football. There just yep. simply aren't. Yep, yep. And it, it, you're 100% correct. We have to keep on rolling, keep on getting some exposure. Uh, the times here are better than the times without, no doubt. And it's good to be able to showcase athletes and talk about programs and discuss rule changes. All these things are spring football. And that's what's what I love personally. So I, I can see that. Absolutely. We're on the same page. Yes, sir. I can tell we are now. I mean, honestly, that's the last question I had for you. Like I said, I don't want to pick you apart piece by piece, but I mean, you're great, great guest. I mean, appreciate your, your insight into this world of media a lot of people probably don't realize, you know, about what you do or how you do it. So that's really what we wanted to highlight. Uh, last question. <laughs> oh, no. Just kidding. Don't do it. Don't do it. It's just a joke. <laughs> don't do it. Um, like I said, I understand we want both to succeed. Oh, man. We want both I'm going to have it. Dwayne tweeting at me a second here. Please. <laughs> Please don't do that. <laughs> I'm trying to stay on the good side of things myself so I can make it as media next year. Oh, <laughs> but yeah man no worries we appreciate your coverage of both leagues and i'm not gonna bash one or the other i'm not gonna ask you for reasons to bash one or the other uh either really way not, i appreciate man. your work man and and i mean I if, hope... if we're being honest here you know for me personally it's like i'm totally fine with people having preferences and opinions i just don't see why people would bash one or the other i mean these are people's livelihoods and careers yep. at stake i so, i don't know why you'd want to see them fail I just, Agreed. that's just my take. <laughs> Agreed. And part of it's just the world we live in now. Uh, it's just oh, the people that 100%. are avid XFL or USFL haters just because they love the NFL. Politics. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they can't, they can't see any other way around what they're doing. So, uh, but with exception, hopefully people like us and Christian and uh, the X fan show and Marcast, all these guys, I really hope that they uh, find whatever niche that people want so that they can become avid fans such as we are. But yeah, man, that's about all I have for you. Is there anything else you wanna you wanna touch base on or talk about before I let you go? I got a interview with Francis Novi that I recorded yesterday, so I'm gonna stream that once once we hop off. Uh, Francis is from the Netherlands, Amsterdam. He was a soccer wow. player. Yeah, he, he he's familiar with football. He's been in football, uh, but he actually didn't attend a collegiate program in the U.S. and he's trying to be a professional without that attendance. And so uh, it's pretty interesting, his story. So just wanted to share you know, that. No, man, that, that literally is what the XFL and spring football is all about. I think that, yes, that to me is why 
doing what we do is so worth it and, and just seeing these leagues do what they do is so worth it because where else are you going to see a story like that where a, a kid from the Netherlands just trying to live out his dream is having the chance to do so. Again, the intersection of dreams and opportunity, what more could you ask for? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Player 54 all the way. Opportunity. That's what we're looking for. Whether you're player, fan, coach, media, whatever, it, it, everybody's got a piece of this pie and it, and it really drives the success of all spring leagues. But yeah, man, I appreciate you coming on, James. You're welcome to come back anytime. Uh, I, I like this. I like talking to you. I like I like picking your brain. And, and hopefully once the season hits, we'll be able to have some good, good conversations about these games and what's occurred. Absolutely, man. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, this was a, a great, a great chance to just talk more XFL and, and spring football. And I got to say, I got to hand it to you. You're, you're an excellent host. So I appreciate that, man. Thank you. Yes, sir. It, it, yeah, I'm still fresh in the game. But we're rolling and we're trying, so that's all I can do. Yeah, no, you you sound like you've been doing this for your whole life. So <laughs> I wish. I really do wish. <laughs> oh man. But James, why don't you share with everyone your socials? I have some stuff there flashing at the bottom for people. And that's like I said, if you'll uh the, the notes I sent you, if you'll just stick all your links in there, um, I'll put them in the show note details and that way they're easy and clickable to get to. Um, but if you could just share everything on air, because this is an audio show as well after the live. Right on. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so my Twitter handle is at James Larson PFN. Uh, that's where, you know, I share pretty much all my stories, whether it's XFL, UFL related, you know, just constantly, as you said, constantly tweeting out information, stories, whatever. Um, of course, work for the USFL and XFL newsroom. So all my articles are listed on their website. And if you feel like checking out the photos at James Larson official on Instagram. So I think that about covers it. Yes, sir. I appreciate you again, James. And I look forward to seeing your work and just, just getting you on and talking more in the future. Thanks again, man, for your hard work yes, and dedication sir. for the leagues. Absolutely. I appreciate the kind words and right back at you, man. Yes, sir. Until next time, have a good one. You as well. Appreciate James Larson for coming on. Uh, another great guest. We've had some really good conversations recently, so appreciate you, James. Thank you for coming on. Next up, I'm about to stream the interview with Francis Novi. Now, kind of like last last uh, session, we'll stream it and then the live will end. Uh, but this is about a 32 minute long interview, I believe. I recorded it yesterday during the day. Francis was a, a really compassionate player. He's a really good guy. Uh, what he brings to the table is unique and different, and his story is one worth listening to. So please check it out. Before I hop off the air, I want to say thanks to the XFL for letting me cover your league. Appreciate it greatly. Keep up to what you're doing. Keep up with the media stuff. Uh, we are all loving it so far. We need the trends. So thank you, XFL. Keep it up. XFL board, appreciate your, your kindness and, and your uh, they've really XFL board's really given me a, a place to drive home. So thank you, XFL board. They've got a lot of resources, a lot of new articles. Great guys that run that site and cover that site. So check that out also. And lastly, Ambush Sports, also a great crew to be around, to, to work with and work for. I look forward to covering for them next year and providing some stuff for them. Check them out online or on the socials as well. Uh, that's about it for me. Thursday, we'll have Lowell Patron attending. He's a combine attendee. He'll be wrapping up the combine Thursday, so we'll get to talk to him and, and pick his ear about how that went. A great athlete. Check him out if you haven't. 
I'll have some of his highlights ready for next next session on Thursdays for us to to check out. But check him out. Really solid raw receiver. Really, really solid and ready to go. <clears throat> Before I hop off air, I want to wish good luck to the athletes that I've spoken with or that I've had some connections with. Uh, Jeremiah Spicer, linebacker, good luck, man, at the Combine. I hope you do great. Kill it. Excel. We'll see you soon in the team. Uh, Joshua Flowers, uh, defensive back, another great athlete. Check him out if you haven't. He's going to be somewhere, and he's going to be doing something, no doubt. He's got one of the hardest positions in football, and he's a stud at it. So check him out. Francis Novi. Francis is a DN. Like I said, we're about to stream his interview here soon. He, he should be ready to go also, and I wouldn't be surprised when he makes an XFL team. He, he's an athlete, boxer, former soccer player. He's, he doesn't have a big football background like most guys, but he's an athlete, so that's what matters most. Lastly, uh, like I said, uh, Lowell Patron, wide receiver, solid guy. Check him out if you haven't. Uh, he's, he's got some good highlights on YouTube, so check him out. See what you think. Either way, good luck, guys. I uh, wish you the best. Really hope to see you shine in this league or whatever league you end up in. Regardless, like I said, good luck. Kill it. Kick ass. Take names. Uh, and show, show everybody what's going on at the Combine. But that wraps it up for me, guys. Please like and follow, share, whatever we need to do uh, just to get me out a little bit. I've uh, been working pretty hard to get these interviews out. We'll have a few interviews in August, but there won't be as many just due to me being pretty busy. Uh, I want to note, too, next week we'll be attending a Saints training camp. Uh, and I'll get two or three attendances there, so that should be a good time. Um, Jack, if you're listening, we'll see if we can hook up. Take a couple photos, man. Curious to see how you're doing, and we'll be watching for you there for sure. Uh, as always, guys, thank you for listening. Thank you for coming on board. It's been a great run. And I look forward to providing more coverage down the line. It's been a lot of work, but it's been a lot of fun. So I'm going to pull up this interview from Francis. We'll roll from there afterwards. Uh, that'll be it. So once again, check out Thursday, 730 Central, 830 Eastern. the wrong file. Here we go. All right, we are live. How's it going today, Francis? How are you? I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Matthew. How are you? Very good. Very good. It's a wonderful, what, Monday afternoon, and there it's, what, 12 o'clock. Here it's 2. Correct. How's the weather there, man? You're in Arizona, right? I am. I'm in Phoenix, Arizona. It's too hot, if you ask me. It's about... 120 degrees right now oh wee! yeah it's, it gets hot it gets really hot here yeah it's not that bad here it's probably more about 95 but the humidity here is just wicked <laughs> so it's a little different but it's still hot either way but anyway man it's good to meet you in person i know we've talked on the phone a few times traded messages excited to find out more about you your background just where you came from I know you're from Netherlands, Amsterdam, correct? Correct. Yes, I am. Okay. Okay. Now, because of that, you know, we got, I want to really just find out more about you, man. I know you used to be a soccer player. Uh, you've attempted to play at the University of Alabama. There, there's a few different things that are pretty interesting about your story. Thank and you. really, I mean, just let us have it. We want to hear about it at home. So 
What, what, okay. what happened, Francis? Tell us about you. Okay, so, um, yeah, I grew up playing soccer. That's, like, the main sport that everybody does in Europe. Um, that's where I grew up most of my life. And um, in the Alabama situation, it really came about when I was um, I was running towards um, the bus to go to school. And uh, one of the coaches, uh, his name is Peter Heyer, he used to play for the Kansas City Chiefs as a German um, national-born player. And um, yeah, he saw me run. And he felt that I had a lot of uh, speed for my size. And so, um, yeah, he found out, um, well, he got in touch with me and convinced me and my parents uh, to start playing football. And he was an offensive player. And he felt that with my speed that I would accept. So to um, go back, yeah. So um, a coach, you know, a German-born coach that was playing in the NFL, he saw me run uh, one day. And he convinced me and my parents um, to start um, football. So I didn't know too much about American football at the time, but um, he thought that I would excel at the defensive line position. And so that's where they put me at first was uh, defensive end. You enjoy that? I guess that that's your spot, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was natural, right? And uh, I think uh, I didn't know all the rules at the time, but um, the coaches told me, hey, just get the quarterback, get the person with the ball. And yeah, I could do that very easy. So it didn't really um, it wasn't much challenge for me. The people that they had in front of me to block me, I would always like naturally place my hands where I would have the leverage and um, beat whoever's in front of me to get to the ball. So those things came natural, and I just build on, uh, on yeah, off of that. Yeah. So, your what's your size now? Coming into the combine, you will be heading to the combine here in the next couple right. of days. So yeah, yeah. So um, the last showcase that I was on was last week Sunday. Um, they measured me at six three and three quarters, and uh, I weighed in at two hundred seventy five pounds. Oh wow. Yeah, you're a pretty big man. <laughs> yeah. So you're pretty quick, <clears throat> yeah, agile. Yeah. I had a uh, good feet. Um, you know, given the soccer background, um, a lot of soccer players, I think they're just very able to move their feet like basketball players will be with their hands, like the uh, the handle. So um, you're able to control your feet very well. And as I grew larger in size, like I always had this size, but as, as the weight came on, I was still able to move um, the same. And um, yeah, so that helped with the with playing football. Um, as far as like the hands concerned, um, I did a lot of like martial arts. So that one-on-one combat, that was something that um, like I did. Um, I started doing kickboxing, boxing throughout my life. Uh, my parents, uh, my father and my grandfather, both are boxers. So. Um, yeah, the hand fighting came natural, and again, like those are just all the things that I could build off and uh, just better myself as a football player. So you're a fighter, also. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, you've had professional fights. I had I had a uh, 17 professional fights in kickboxing in Europe, and um, had a lot of amateur fights uh, when it came to like taekwondo and, and boxing. But um, when I came to America. I just recently started getting to um, like boxing as far as um, taking that to the professional level. So I've been training out in Vegas uh, as of currently. Gotcha, gotcha. That's awesome, man. What when what age did you actually start playing American football? Uh, good question. Um, I started at eighteen. Gotcha. Wow. So you were really late to the party, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was considered late. Um, started at eighteen club football at the time. So you had to pay to play. 
And um, uh, I started playing with, so when I was 18, I played with um, all kids that were like similar age. So it went up until 19. And then once I turned 19, they put me into the senior program, which means I'm, I was playing against grown men who were all 30, 40 years old. So um, yeah, it was good to like just test your strength against them. And I think uh, it gave me a lot of confidence when I was able to dominate grown men as a 19 year old. Yes, sir. I could see how that would. I mean, coming in just and starting off the bat, that's a, that's a hard sport just to jump in and play immediately. Yeah. So, yeah much yeah. respect to you, man. Thank you. Yeah, it uh, helps too, like just being thrown in the, like just, just you learn on the fly, you know? And so, yeah, a lot of the things that I think the more games you play, the better you you become. Like you can practice, which is great. and But once you start playing, you know, you really need that experience, all those game situations. No doubt, no doubt. Yeah. Now, I know you, you attempted to play for the University of Alabama, correct? Correct. Yeah. So tell us the story about that. Tell us what happened. I mean, it's just people may not be familiar. Okay. So, yeah, once I, um, I played my first season in Europe. And so um, I never really like my, my biggest thing was always uh, not having game film. So the ones that were actually uh, present at any of the games that I played, they were able to, I guess, vouch for me as a player and, and how I uh, respond, whether it's the first quarter, second quarter to all the way throughout the fourth quarter. Um, I never like give up on plays and so but those are only traits you can either see when you evaluate a player throughout the season or if you scout them in person but if you're unfamiliar with a player like me you would never know about these things especially if you put together a highlight tape right um, so that was always my um, the biggest thing that was holding me back but I had this rare opportunity when I was scouted to play in this um, it's called a progress scout bowl this was um, in Florence, Alabama, and I played against a lot of players who were all coming from like four-year collegiate, you know, experience, and they were actually getting ready to play in the NFL or the next level. And uh, at that time, I kind of came in as a, I'd say like a freshman college player. And um, during that game, I honestly say I didn't got a lot of like playing time. But from the little, um, I guess, snaps that I gotten, little opportunities to get on the field, I was able to make plays. And I was kind of disappointed at the end of it because it was just a week's event. And um, I thought that, you know, I kind of like uh, blew my chance of playing uh, at a higher level in America. But after the game, the coaches from Alabama, they somehow heard about me and they invited me to come over to campus. Um, so I went over to campus. I remember flying into where was this i think nashville and they drove to nashville to pick me up wow um yeah <laughs> so uh they drove me uh, from nashville pick me up it was coach jody wright actually that was um at the time uh he was one of the recruiting um coaches and um yeah he brought me to um alabama campus i remember coming into his uh, uh at the place he was staying at the time he had a laptop that was open and all the windows um, of all my, all the information that he could gather from me. And it was really little information. I didn't have much exposure on the internet, but you can see that he did his work diligently and really looked into everything that he could find. And one thing he said to me was, your practice film is the reason why we're getting you this scholarship. And I was amazed because in Europe, the coaches would always tell me that um, my practice film didn't really show much. 
but because I was such a uh, hustle hard, like all out effort type of player, I would, every snap that I would take in practice, I would just always chase wide receivers. So I would run, uh, I would run and chase them 30, 40 yards, you know, after the, the ball is thrown. So that was the thing that the coaches said they couldn't teach me. And they felt like they were good enough coaches to teach me the game of football, but there were certain traits that I already um, possessed. So, yeah, I was happy to see that my, my effort was noticed by them. But, um, yeah, that was basically what led me there. So I showed up there. That was an unofficial visit, by the way. Um, I kind of, like, was um, taken around campus and uh, was pretty much just showing, like, everything from the weight rooms. And um, in Europe, I would always work out to the point where um, they would have to shut the gym down and they would always tell me that, you know, that I have to hurry up and leave. But I asked the coaches in Alabama, I said, hey, can I come to the gym and work out all the time? They said, yes, of course. And uh, they said, either you love football or you just crazy, you know. And I told them, hey, I'm both. <laughs> but, yeah, that was one of the things that um, I really looked forward to um, playing there. And, you know, the fact that I didn't think the coaches was um, – um, you know how you have a lot of times where coaches may like blow smoke to you. And to me, they really believed in me because they could have given that scholarship to anybody in, in the United States. You know, there are plenty of talented players that they can choose from, but for them to choose a kid all the way from Europe, yeah, that was amazing. And uh, that means a lot to me, you know, that's something that uh, I always take with me in my life. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, that's, yeah. that's a huge experience, man, for an athlete to make it to that point. Right here, I'm showing some video. Now, this says it's six years ago. Was this Correct. from this is from one of those uh, pro this, days? I'm guessing this is actually pro day. Yeah. So, uh, what happened was I was able to go to school there. Um, I had to do like all kind of tests to get admitted uh, into um, the university. So, um, yeah, I, I qualified like uh, academically. What happened is, um, so I started university at 16 in um, Europe. And um, because of the fact that I enrolled into a university program, the NCAA, they said that they deducted the years from my four year of uh, eligibility. Yes, sir. But what the coaches and I was arguing was that we didn't have collegiate sports. So it was kind of not only unfair, but unreasonable for them to take any time away from uh, my playing uh, in Alabama. But so that was kind of what the main issue was. And so I wasn't able to play football there. And I think that's what changed a lot in my life when it comes to my uh, professional or even collegiate career. Yes, sir. That would have been some big time years in Alabama to play there as well. Right. There's even just no one doubt. year. Yeah. Yep. Like you said, even just one year, I know that uh, that's all the experience that I would have needed. I mean, yep. just the little time that I was there, the players that I was uh you know, fortunate enough to be around, just seeing how they practice and everything like that. It just changes your mentality. You know, in Alabama, from the coaching to like the players, even the backup players, they can start at any other university, you know, and that's no, no um, yep. respect to the other uh, collegiate programs, but it's just about just the next man up mentality, right? So yes, sir. you learn a lot from that. And yeah. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, that's number one, man. That's that, especially back in what was that, 2018, 17, something like that. Correct. That, they were on their high prime back then. Now it's a little it different. Definitely were. Yeah. Back then, I mean, it was they were steamrolling for years that's and years. Right. Yeah, that's right. But it's yeah. cool, man. You got that exposure. You got the experience. You just didn't get to play, unfortunately. But at least you got that's to right. go. You know? Yeah. 
So the, the videos that you were showing earlier, that was uh, my pro day. So I was um, fortunate enough to do a pro day there at the University of Alabama. And it gave me get great exposure because uh, right after I've done it, as you can see, like the, the defensive coordinator from the Detroit Lions and the position coach, the D-line from the Detroit Lions, they all took me from once I did like my main pro day, like uh, they took me to do like a private uh, positional specific, um, you know, workouts for them. And right when they were done, the Chicago Bears uh, got me and then also um, the Tennessee Titans from what I remembered. And it just really showed you like once one team showed interest, you know, the next would. And of course, um, that led to other opportunities. Again, with me not having my uh, film, I wasn't able to do much because these coaches still need to go back and convince their GMs, you know, or player personnel guy to get you, uh, to bring you in. But what, um, uh, I got an opportunity from there to go play in this uh, spring league. You know, they told me, and even like Joe Porter, Joey Porter was there and Kevin Green. And these were guys that I was in my room in Europe, like watching them, you know, on YouTube, right? And especially Kevin Green and Greg Lloyd. Like these were some guys that um, just with the little experience that I had in football, I just always felt like if I'm going to play this position, I have to play like them, you know, their intensity, yes. their passion yep. for the game. And so, yeah, just meeting them and them telling me, hey, go to the spring league. There'll be a great opportunity for you to show what you can do. And that's what I did. I went to the spring league. This was at the Greenbrier in West Virginia. And um, yeah, I excelled there too. Uh, I was named the MVP of the spring league. I like the most production when it comes to the defensive uh, side of the ball. And um, yeah, I was happy to just show them that, look, with any opportunity you give me, I'm willing to make the most out of it. Yes, sir. What year was that? What do you recall? This was uh, in 2000, let's see, 2000, I believe 2017 or 18. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that was the spring league. So following that, you mm -hmm. wound up in the XFL, correct? Correct. Yeah. So there was a, a, a guy in, a, I think he was like the NFL international program. His name is Mike Kenzel. He um, sent my film over to the spring league film over to um, the the per, like the scout personnel uh, people at XFL at the time, and they invited me over to um, a showcase, uh, which was at the time like an invite only in uh, Tampa, and um, that's where I did like my my whole workout, and I was um, uh, contacted by the Tampa Bay Vipers at the time. Yeah, so it was. Uh, uh, I can't remember our head coach name, but he used to coach um, for the Atlanta Falcons. And uh, he liked me because I trained with um, Chuck Smith in Atlanta. And Chuck Smith was one of his defensive ends during the time, uh, I think around the 1990s when they were um, in Atlanta. Uh, so yeah, I had an opportunity with them in the Tampa Bay. And unfortunately, um, the COVID happened too. So that kind of shut down the season for us in 2000. Let's see, 2020. And Mark Tressman, was that your coach there? No, Mark Tressman was actually the, um, let's see, Coach Tressman, either he was the head coach or the or the GM. I just Googled it. So I thought that's the first thing I saw. I just wanted yeah, Mark to, Tressman, yeah. that's possible. Yeah, because he came from the Chicago Bears, correct? Ah, uh, da, 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 da. Yeah, it appears yeah, that's who. Yeah, coach head Tressman. coach and general manager Mark Tressman. So yeah, 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 yeah. He was definitely the general manager. Yeah.
Gotcha. Gotcha. So, I mean, in terms of that experience, how did that go? You said you played four games for them before COVID shut us down. Yes. Yes. Uh, so I came in like a little towards the end of the season. Um, and, um, yeah, COVID shut that down. I mean, it was a fun experience being over there in Tampa and, uh, yeah, right, right when COVID shut everything down, um, I mean, my plan was pretty much just to get some film. And then uh, my coach at the time, the one that recruited me, uh, he went to the Giants. So the plan was to get film and uh, have him, you know, have the right people look at it, see if I can get into any of the mini camp. And that's pretty much been my story, right, to make the most out of any situation. So I knew if I get into a mini camp, I'll be able to impress somebody. And even if it's not that team, some other team that I would play against would, would see me and uh, yeah, I'll make something happen from there. Right. So that was always my mentality because that's just always what I had to do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, much, much respect. You're hustling work ethics. Ah, <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Sounds like you've had quite the journey, especially compared to some of the other guys I've talked to. I mean, it's no different in hardships, but it's just different in the way it, it was formed and how you, how you ended up here. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. You know, a lot of people, I, I always compare this as in, you know, imagine a, a high school player um, not being able to go to college, right? You know, in those four years uh, being taken away from you, how do you see yourself getting to the NFL? Not a lot of people can even make that happen. And so, you know, even watching the draft and you see top players being um, projected to go high in the first round and whenever they, they slip and they end up in the later rounds. You can just see from your facial expression that they get so, um, what do you call it? Like encouraged, right? Discouraged, I mean. Yeah, and, yeah, um, right, they, they really do. So um, just to be in that position where, like I said, um, you don't, you don't be, you're not able to um, get to that level. I think it does a lot to a person, right? So it shows also the type of person you are, like the resiliency in your spirit, if you were yep. able to overcome that. And that's the type of things you need into, you know, uh, being a football player. Yes, sir. Agreed, agreed. It's hard work, man. You got to really want it, no doubt. But, hey, soccer's hard too, dude. You run around playing soccer for a whole game. That'll wear you out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, imagine the stamina that you get. Oh, I can't that. imagine, bro. Yeah. You're, you're sized. You're very large. So, I mean, I know me. I'm I'm mid to large. I'm not large. But, <laughs> um, man, I, I could never do the soccer game. So It's fun. fun. It's, it's really fun. And it's violent, too, like as far as um, – it gets dangerous, you know, like the angles that people sometimes like attack you and slide, like soccer players have a lot of knee injuries and um, it's hard to come back from that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It reminds me from what you're talking of rugby almost. I've had, I knew a few people that played rugby in college and that's a rough sport <laughs> yeah. also. Rugby is rough, yeah. yeah. I enjoy watching it as well. Like They're very passionate. Yes, sir. Now, so... You were with the Tampa Bay Vipers. At this point, what have you been doing the past couple of years just to stay in shape, uh, just to be ready to go? Well, I've been boxing, and the boxing conditioning or boxing in shape is different than football, but um, that's what I've been doing. Um, it was, for me, also, like, uh, like very therapeutic. And uh, so I, I've gotten into boxing, uh, and mostly I've just been training. Like, I've go to Exos uh, since it's here in uh, Phoenix, it's actually one of the reasons why I am in uh, Phoenix because I did like my, my pro day, the, the weeks of training was all at EXO. So I did, like establishing great relationships there and 
um, yeah, just go there and train. And um, they have this program where a lot of NFL free agents come. So we're like always in that work environment where we push each other and it just keeps you uh, staying in touch with everything still. Yeah, greatness sharpens greatness, no doubt. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So you get to be with a lot of guys that um, a lot of my position guys will be there. And so we do all the like, stand-up um, bag drills, the get-offs, you know, we work on all the all the, all the like core um, core things that comes with our position. So that's yes, what I've been doing mostly. And I work, so I um, I went to schools. I graduated from the Fashion Institute. So um, I graduated with the specialized design. And um, what I do is um, like I tailor clothes. So I design tailor clothes. And a lot of the players that I've met you know, on this journey, uh, a lot of them, they were very like into fashion. So I had opportunities to work with them and design stuff for them. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, so that's the type of stuff that I've been doing in the meantime. Just so you still, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, that's it. I was going to say, you still, you're staying busy. You're on the field, you're ready, and off the field, you're yes, ready either way. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. My parents always told me, you know, like, just to go as hard as I did with football or any other thing in life. So I think um, that's one of the things that the coaches were saying at the XFL uh, showcase <clears> that, you know, uh, as a football player and everything that you go through, those are great traits that will carry on in any aspect of your life. So you would always be the hardest worker. And I've just taken that uh, with me, you know, and uh, yeah, it's done really well for me. That's awesome, man. Thank um, you. I'm going to get to asking you a few questions just of about course. your your experience. I mean, yeah. not your experience, but more like what, what people would think about you and how you feel about yourself okay. related to the XFL. So first up, I mean, how would you describe yourself? Or how would your teammates and coaches describe you if they had to tell me a story about you or tell me about <laughs> how you were? Um, I say my teammates definitely would describe me as somebody that you would want on your team, somebody that you would want on your side. Um, my coaches, how would they describe me? I think it would be two different descriptions as far as like the man that I am and the player that I am, because um, my parents, they taught me to, you know, always have respect and be polite to people and all. But when it comes to me being on the football field, not saying that I'm not polite, but I do have like a different edge about me, right? So, got to uh, very violent, and yeah. So it's it really depends on the the person if, if they describe me as as me or the the player that I am. Love but, to hear it. Yeah, so it'd be that. Um, yeah, I'd say that for sure. Okay, nice, nice. Now, how does your experience set you apart from other players coming in, especially D linemen? I mean, that's a good question. Um, I'd say the maturity, um, you know, even like when coming into college, um, the coaches always envisioned uh, a leadership uh, position or role for me because of my maturity coming in. I didn't come in as a, as a uh, I guess, the average um, sophomore, right, uh, or junior uh, at the time. I had a lot of life experience coming in, and, and I was always so very um, – like my goal was the NFL. Like I didn't come there to play pretty much or waste my time. So um, I'd say like my experience uh, with the journey, just the path, like what it took to get there, um, it definitely would set me apart with other players. And even just looking at the way that I practice, how I approach practice, you know, I, I approach practice like it's a championship game. And um, 
even with kickoff, um, I mean, I would always just make myself available and be as versatile that I could for any um, team that I was in. So with just my background, um, like we're playing different sports, it definitely helped me out a lot. Makes sense. Makes sense. I can tell the work ethic really, really is there with you, man. <clears throat> so um, next question. How have the past teams you've been on made you a better player? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I'd say, like, just the teammates that I've been around, the different coaching the mentalities, and then, like, all those training camps that you're in, um, you know, uh, it definitely shapes you as a player. And even, like, the rejections, like, the teams that I haven't been able to get on. Uh, just, I, like, when I talked to the Detroit Lions and they couldn't get me on the team at the time, I still like followed up and asked them, you know, the things that they saw that maybe I couldn't see and what I could work on, you know. And a lot of times, like when you get your scouting reports back, that was something that would always I would thrive off of that. Like if somebody um, doesn't believe in you or they see certain things that you don't think is accurate, you know, you read like J.J. Watts um, draft uh, analyze, like they they a lot of the things that they said about him he actually excelled in, right? Or even yep. Michael Jordan's, the, the things that he didn't do so well, that he made his weaknesses his strengths. So that's the same thing with me. Like, I love to hear and hear that, get the feedback. So that way, I feel like I have the edges and you just giving me something now that I can become stronger at. Yes, sir. You know, it'd be worse if he didn't tell me where I was not uh, so good at, so that I didn't know where to, where to build off from. So, yes, yeah, those are the things that I'd say it, it's mostly the teams that I haven't been on that uh, make me a better player. Gotcha. So, well, I mean, what do you believe the greatest challenge is for most athletes or you that you're facing today? Mm, for me, my biggest challenge was just that exposure, uh, just having that film. And uh, it was it was a thing where at some point, you know, you start thinking that you have like so many people working against you because a lot of times I would be in different teams in Europe even and there would be film as far as like it was recorded but I would never get this film you know I just always had that where it just seemed like a, a like struggle just to get a hold of your film or you know so but I think with a lot of athletes today um, just seeing from how it was like just starting off with football I think they struggle with like focus you know, having the distraction of social media and not really having maybe the right intentions on why they're doing things. Back in the day, everybody was just going for a ring. They wanted that, that um, you know, championship ring. But nowadays, maybe they're just doing it for the views, the likes, you know, the, the other people's attention. And I think that can do a lot or take a lot away from, you know, um, what, what you should be uh, going for. So I'd say that that would be one of the challenges for athletes that I've been around, you know, yeah. like just the nightlife going, um, going out all the time or, you know, drinking and, you know, all the stuff that kind of like um, limits your potential. Yep. Yep. And puts you in situations where bad things can happen. Yeah. That's that too. That too. Absolutely. You hear that all the time, especially in the off season, you know, one might have a great season and then the off season, something happens and it just, puts them back again so yeah yes sir yes sir now i just got one more question for you and then yeah. we'll wrap it up uh, before i ask you this now did you tell me how old you were i'm curious no i'm 34 now understood okay yeah. 
Yeah. So next question is, what's your goals in XFL and beyond? So, I mean, say you go to the combine, you get on a team this next season. What's your goals for that season? And then following that, what's your goal? Uh, my goals for the XFL um, would be really just to help any team that I can, um, but also just for myself, as in um, I really want to just challenge myself into, you know, if I say I'm this player that I think that I am, am I able to make everything happen during the season? Even if it's just a game, you know, and it's not necessarily just for like getting the sacks or anything, but more like, more like willing, you know, a play to happen, right? So those are just the personal challenges for myself that I set up. And um, most mostly just to like play in the XFL and get an opportunity to play somewhere else, you know. And even like I said, if it's for one season, two seasons, three seasons, that's fine with me. As long as I can, um, yeah, just look at myself and know that I've done everything I could to make it to that level. Yeah, you'll have your highlights then for sure, no doubt. Yeah, yeah, definitely need that film. But yeah, it'll be just something that I can also can show back home. You know, to all the kids that are uh, coming up now and, and going through college that, um, you know, that is definitely possible. You know, I have a funny story. Um, there's this kid at the Arizona Cardinals right now. He's number 43. His name is uh, Jesse Lokita. He, um, he's from Canada. And the funny thing is he uh, reached out to me on Facebook like around 2010. And um, at that time, he was like 12 years old. And he wow. was like, hey, big bro, I want to you know, following your footsteps and, and, and get to the America and play at a higher level. And we just kept in touch and I always like encouraged him the best way that I could. But he went to Penn State and uh, yeah, had, had like a great career there and got drafted to the Arizona Cardinals. So uh, we met here in Arizona and it's just beautiful to see that, you know, um, yeah, I just love to see that, right? So those are the stories that you love to see. And if I could like whatever, I feel like, with him, if he can just do the same things for the next kids that are coming up, it would be a great thing. So, you know, those are the type of stories that uh, that I love to see. I love it, man. Keep on being a role model. Even when you don't to. realize it, you know, you're still one. So it's good Thank that you, you know that. Appreciate it. I appreciate it. Hold yourself to that standard because, I mean, no one else is going to. So you yeah, have right. to. That's right. Yeah. Well, man, uh, honestly, I didn't want to keep you so uh, very long on here because I don't want to bore you. But no, Matthew, I, I enjoyed it. It's, it's I appreciate you coming, man. You've been great, great guest. Uh, Thank good you. Conversation. Look forward to seeing you end up somewhere. I'm sure you will. And Thank you. I'll be watching closely, man. Hopefully, we'll get to get you back on the season, talk to you, see what's happening, see where you're at, and just just get some updates. I look forward to it. I'll make sure to definitely stay in touch with you. And I appreciate you giving me this opportunity. And for right, thank you. That you do that too. You know? it yes, sir. Do it for the love, man. So appreciate <laughs> you. Much respect. Keep on doing what you're doing. Thank you. Yeah, I look forward to it. Again, uh, thank you again, Matthew. And uh, yeah, I wish you a good day. You too, man. All appreciate right. you again, Francis. We'll thank see you, you soon. Okay, bye-bye.